Hey everyone, I'm Nate Vinio, and this is Something to Gnaw On, a short podcast for the Christian with a short attention span, a podcast intended to give you something to mentally and spiritually chew on throughout your day, a Bible study in bite-sized form, if you will. This is episode two, The Promise and the Reality. Have you ever waltzed into a fast food restaurant and made your choice based upon a pristine picture on the overhead menu? A big double bacon cheeseburger with a bit of lettuce and a tomato slightly visible on the side. It looks huge like it could barely fit in your hand. And when you get it, it's hardly wrapped. The lettuce and tomato are sliding out one side and the bacon and the cheese are sliding out the other. It looks like the cook drop-kicked it to the guy at the register. I have no idea whose work ethic needs a boost, but one thing is clear. The promise and the reality are clearly different. Maybe similar, but far from identical. This is how my life in Christ has been at times. Certainly saved, but far from set free. I have been in the church all my life. I'm a pastor's kid. But to be quite honest, I haven't always lived in the freedom and the blessing that the Bible talks about. For example, Jesus said in Luke 4, first sermon, by the way, that he ever gave in the synagogue. He grabs Isaiah 61 and reads, and it's recorded in Luke 4. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has set me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Again, in John 8, Jesus says, if the Son has set you free, you'll be free indeed. Shameless plug here real quick for the show notes. Uh, all the verses and references and, and a transcript will be in the show notes. So if you want to read these after the fact, uh, if you don't have an app on your phone or what have you, uh, you can read it in the show notes. But it's crazy to think how many people may fly under the banner of Christian and never experience the full benefit of the title. It's a terribly simplistic illustration, but it would be like working for the best employer possible, one that had the best work environment, the best benefit package, all the insurance, a 401k, a profit sharing, a pension, all the vacation time and sick days and PTO, all the possible perks. It'd be like working for that place and never using the benefits. You hear people singing the praise of that employer but you never experience the benefit thereof. And this is what I'm talking about. There is so much that God has made available to the Christian. I'm simply asking the question, if we've ever really tapped into it, whether we ever really take advantage of the benefit package that God intended for his kiddos to have. So the question to gnaw on today is simply this. If the Bible is true and inspired and accurately represents the character of God, and I'll add that I firmly believe that it does, then why do so many of us still struggle with sin and live lives that are beset with addiction and captivity, whether that addiction be chemical-related or maybe it's anger or immorality or eating disorders or relational dysfunctions or the list goes on and on? But why do we live below God's blessing? 
At some point, everyone must come to the conclusion that God is not a liar. His word is true, and if there is a gap between his word and our experience, the most likely conclusion is not that God has lied or is holding out on us, but that somehow we are bringing something to the situation that puts space between our situation and God's promise. Granted, there is definitely an issue of spiritual warfare to be discussed, but we will do that another time. Additionally, it is quite possible that God is answering our prayers with a hard no or a wait or maybe it's a slow process. And those are reasonable discussions to have, but they're out of our direct control. And we will discuss them at another point in time. So what I want us to gnaw on is the part of this discussion that we can control. What if we actually have things in our lives that hinder God's work, that hinder God's promises in our life? What if we have habits or attitudes that keep God's promises from becoming a reality? I struggled with anger since I was a kid. I had a terrible, terrible temper. I didn't know how to handle hurt, and I would get angry and I'd lash out. And the older I got, the more intense and destructive the outburst became. I used to pride myself in the fact that I never hurt anyone, but I broke a lot of stuff along the way, that's for sure. Hurt would trigger anger. Anger would foster an addiction to pornography, and it became a nasty cycle that I couldn't break out of. I lived with this cycle for years before asking the question, did God really mean to set us free? I mean, seriously, is Luke 4 and John 8, are they true? And if so, then why am I always struggling with this sin? The anger was never good, but a person could argue that there's an element of anger that is okay. God gets angry. There's a verse in Ephesians that says, be angry and sin not. It says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. So there's a period of time in which it should be okay. But the issue with pornography is straight up sin. There's no way to make that right. Why would God not set me free from that? Why would he die on the cross, save me from my sin, only to leave me enslaved to this sin? I struggled with these things from an early age. I can trace the roots back to the third grade. And it wasn't until my 40s that God set me free. And yes, for all my banter up till now, God did set me free. You might ask a completely reasonable question, as I did. Why did it take so long? Why did God wait so long? We live in a culture that gets us to look at what happens to us as opposed to what we do to ourselves. We're conditioned to play the victim rather than to realize that a lot of the time we're the victim of our own devices and we bear the responsibility to respond properly to all that comes our way, no matter how much the world tries to convince us that we're justified to behave otherwise. There are several reasons that we may not see God answer prayers in the short run or experience his promises. But the one reason that we have the most control over is that we may be doing things that inadvertently block the blessing. This is something to gnaw on. This is a prayer that God always answers. And if you're interested 
It has its roots in Psalm 139, 24, and 25, where David says, Investigate my life, O God. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine me and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself if I've done anything wrong. Then guide me on the road to eternal life. It's from the message. And I'll have the full chapter in the show notes as well. So here's the prayer, and I will tell you it's a prayer that I prayed, and it was when I prayed this prayer that things got real and God showed up. But the prayer is this, is that, God, am I doing anything that hinders your movement in and through my life? And if so, what is it? Show me, Lord, what it is, and let's deal with it. That's the essence of Psalm 139 gives the idea of being cross-examined by a prosecuting attorney. And I don't know if any of you listening have ever had the high honor of being in a deposition or in a courtroom or being pressed for answers from a prosecuting attorney or an opposing attorney at that. It's not exactly a fun and comfortable deal, but David's prayer in this is, Lord, you know me. And I submit my life to you, investigate me, cross-examine me, show me what I'm doing wrong. God loves that question. Hang on for the answer and be willing to change. It wasn't until I prayed this prayer that I found freedom. There was a lot that God spoke to me about in that time, and it wasn't easy. I'll be honest with you, it was not easy. But it brought freedom. It brought lasting freedom and the restoration of my marriage. Keep in mind that in addition to our behavior, there is definitely a spiritual warfare dynamic to address. When it comes to strongholds in our lives, keep in mind that there are definitely two-pronged problems. Today we are looking at the issue of the flesh, issues that we can control with personal discipline. I'll address the spiritual warfare issue in future episodes, but for today, this is enough to gnaw on. Remember the prayer for today. God. Am I doing anything that hinders your promises from becoming a reality in my life? My name is Nate Vineo, and this has been Something to Dawn. Be blessed.